It's the matchup presented by DraftKings. I'm your host, Travis Fulton. Thank you for making us part of your day. PJ Tour continues to roll along. Back to Florida now. The uh, little Masters there, of course, in uh, Georgia. Then we head over to Hilton Head Island. Quick stop there, Louisiana. little team competition. Cam Smith, Mark Leishman. I had the win ticket. Some good lineups there in fantasy as well. It's been a good couple weeks. Been following along on a little bit of a heater. Not sure... As much of a heater as my guest that's joining me this week, I follow him. He's uh, at Beaten the Bookie on Twitter, and he seems to be winning at every single sport. Every time he sends a tweet out, it's like uh. another winner, another winner. And he joins me here on the Draft Kings, uh, the matchup here uh, this week to help us break down the Valspar. Beaten the Bookie, welcome to the show, my man. Thanks for having me. Congratulations on your Cam Smith, Mark Leishman. <laughs> yeah. Uh, play i bet i bet you were celebrating pretty heavy when leishman shipped it in on 17 huh yeah i was i was um you know they had a few bogeys there a couple back they had a back-to-back bogey there on the back nine and um you know cam smith was a little shaky um there on some of those short game shots down the stretch and that's his bread and butter i think leishman kind of carried him that was a big chip in there on 16 after he went in the water and Leishman hit some big shots down the stretch and I think showed that he was the best player of the four. And that was the difference uh, to get his sixth win on the PGA tour. And then now Cam Smith has three wins and yep. two of them being the team competition. You liked it, didn't you? You liked the team competition. Yeah. I thought, you know, it, it was a lot more competitive than like say the masters was uh, the team competition with best ball. You can't really break away from other competitors. So everyone pretty, pretty much stays pretty close um, so I enjoyed it. Um, mm. it, it certainly made it for a competitive Sunday. Yeah. I just, I just wish Billy Horschel and Sam Burns could have got it done, but didn't happen. So, um, you know, it was Cameron Smith get a win cause he's been playing some good golf for like three weeks. Yep. Uh, he played, he played well two weeks ago at the RBC. He just round two, he just like collapsed round three, he collapsed. Um, but besides that, he's been playing great golf. Yeah. Yeah, he has been. I think he's playing the best golf um, of his career right now. And we, um, you know, now we come back to Florida, this restructure Valspar finishes or is now in this placement uh, before they head up to North Carolina and Quail Hollow, which is always a good event. And you look at Valspar here, they're Innisbrook Resort, Copperhead, pretty good field. You know, you look at this field, I think it's going to be an entertaining uh, tournament here. 156 players, uh, Par 71, pretty long golf course, 7,340 yards, tough, tough golf course, uh, yep. fast, firm greens, tough fairways to hit. You better have kind of all facets of the game here. We know strokes gain approach is enormous on every golf course. It's big here. Strokes gain putting, it's big here on Bermuda greens. But, you know, you better keep it in front of you. You can't be spraying it here at Copperhead. And I think you probably need to elevate the short game here a little bit too, because you're going to miss some of these greens and you're going to have to get the ball up and down. I, I like this tournament. I think this is a uh, championship course for sure. Yeah. I mean, Larry Packard, he's, he's one of the all time great golf course designers. So he lived 101 years old. So um, it's definitely the course has a lot of history as do all of his courses. You know, he makes a lot of great public courses. And it'll favor like, you know, the great ball strikers, the accurate guys. Like, I mean, believe it or not, so Paul, the two-time defending champion at this place, which is unbelievable, actually. 
Um, yeah, it is. Paul, Paul Casey. He's uh, one of those guys that I hate to bet because whenever I bet him, I lose. And whenever I bet against him, I lose. Um, <laughs> so he, show, he's, he, show, he shows up when I fade him, and he doesn't show up when I bet him. So, um, But how can you not like Paul Casey, you know, coming into this tournament as a back-to-back defending champion? So looking right. forward no. to it. Yeah. Yeah. He's, uh, he's in the field. He's uh, at 10,000 here in DraftKings. And the way that we do the show, we're going to start here um, at the top end. We're going to put the 11s and the 10s together here, talk about these players. Then we'll move on down to the nines um, and then we'll move to the eights and then we'll give you some picks in the sevens and the sixes. Um, but you got to start here at the top. Justin Thomas coming in with the highest value, um, 11,500. DJ 11,200 Victor Hovland getting a lot of respect here. 10,500 Patrick Reed, 10,300. And then there's Paul Casey, as you mentioned, um, at 10,000 defending champ. He's won it the last two years. You look at how he's done it. You know, how has Paul Casey got it done, um, in winning this and, and really a little bit different both ways. You look at 19, he was off the T positive three and a half approach, positive four and a half around the greens, positive three putting only positive 0.4. So you really got it done strokes gain T to green. And then in 18, uh, he was negative 0.2 off the T, but positive five in approach, positive four and a half around the green and positive half, three and a half um, in putting. So it just kind of speaks, I think, to this course here. Um, you better hit it good. You know, your approach game better be solid. And you better have a little bit of a short game here. I, I think you got to elevate short game, you know, at this facility because you are going to miss some greens and both the approach and the around the green was very solid for Paul. I look at these other four players and, um, you know, I've got still some question marks with DJ. Uh, he, you know, he's a guy that, yeah. um, you know, we saw him really, really playing great golf at the end of last year, but where's the driver at mm-hmm. and where's the putter going to be. And then you think about Justin Thomas, you know, he really excels in the approach game, but I think this is not the best venue for JT when it comes to off the tee. We know he can spray it a little bit. Um, you know, he missed a cut back in 2017, T8 and T16, um, T10 in 2015. JT's a world-class player. He can show up anywhere and get a top 20. But I, I worry yeah. about the driver with JT and Dustin, and I worry a little bit about the putter with DJ. Is there anybody you're looking at here in, in the top end here in this value range or in this uh, in this money range? Well, I, I'm never going to take a JT who's, you know, the costliest player with DJ in this tournament. Um, I'll always pass on those two, um, especially because you figure everybody else will be playing those two guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and DJ last, I mean, after COVID, like after the break, he came back and I think he had like the best half season run that anybody had since Tiger in his prime. I mean, he was so dominant and then he just hasn't brought that this year. I mean, after, after Saudi Arabia, he just hasn't brought that. And I don't know if it's like his concentration or, or what, um, but he just been there. And, and JT, he's a little too, um, you know, all over the place for me. And he sprays that driver sometimes, and he gets really frustrated. Um, so, you know, in the top tier for the 10K+, plus, I like Paul Casey, obviously. I mean, back-to-back defending champion, 2018, 2019. And I like Patrick Reed. Um, Patrick Reed, just pretty consistent. You know, you pretty much know what you're going to get with Patrick Reed. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And you pretty much know what you're going to get with Paul Casey. And Paul Casey's course history here tells me that he knows the course better than anybody. Um, so I like, you know, Paul Casey and Patrick Reed um, in that top tier. Yeah, it's really easy to think, you know, hey, Paul won the last two years. Let's stay away from him, right? He can't do it again. Let's just kind of fade him and stay away because he can't, you know, get his third win. And that's what we're looking for is is someone who can win at this price range. But you're right, JT, Dustin, um, you know, most everyone is going to play them to some degree. Uh, I, I think, you know, when you look at the heritage with DJ, he did show some signs there. Uh, there were some positive signs there. Yeah. I'm still going to wait here on DJ, and I think there's still a little bit more of a ramp-up that's happening here. Um, perhaps his best golf here, I think, is going to be ahead in the month of May. We've got the PGA Championship coming up. I talked about DJ. I agree. You know, Reed is just one of those guys where you look at him, and it just doesn't even make sense, right, when you look at his statistics, that he would be someone who's like this prolific winner other than his putting. We know his strokes yeah. and putting is through the roof. His short game, as good as it is, statistically, it doesn't match up to what we see with our eyeballs. So it tells us that he has some lapses there. Um, but he's had great finishes here. T2 uh, back in 2018. He's also got another second, I think, back in like 15. So I tend mm -hmm. to agree with you. I think Reed, Casey are kind of the guys um, that I'm looking at. I think Victor Hovland's an interesting. You would think this would be a course for him. Good driver good iron player. Um, you know, can he get some things going with this putter? His short game seems to be improving, but this is the first time seeing this venue. So if we had to go head to head here, you had to pick one, who would you take? Who's the one you're going to throw in there for the head to head uh, matchup? I would take Paul Casey because okay. his course history here, <laughs> um, it's hard. To, it's hard to not take, you know, or Patrick. I mean, I would take Paul Casey and Patrick Reed would be like right below that. Yeah, I'll tell you what, we'll keep it simple. I'll, I'll give you Patrick Reed. So I think Paul Casey versus Patrick Reed, those are the two um, in the 10,000 range. And as we move now, 10,000 plus that is, we move down to 9,000. Um, now we start getting into some names that are we ready to start paying for like a Corey Connors, you know, at yeah. 9,600. Scheffler kicks off this list. I should start there. The University of Texas Longhorn, 9,800. Uh, there's Connors at 96. Louie, speaking of course history, likes this place at 9,500. He was T second back in two, 2019 behind Paul Casey. Terrell Hatton, 9,400. Abe Answer, 93. Sunjai, I think, is interesting at 92. And then Neiman, 9,100. And there's Russell Henley at 9,000. Take me to a name or two that kind of jumps out at this range. I love Corey Connors. Um, I think there's a lot of value on him actually to win the tournament. Mm -hmm. um, he's been playing some great golf. I had him at the RBC for a top Canadian, um, you know, and he's playing, playing very well. I think he's one of the up and coming golfers in the world that like nobody really knows about. Mm -hmm. um, he's still, he's still relatively new on the scene. So I like Corey Connors. Um, I like Scotty Scheffler. Um, if Scotty's on his game, uh, he he can easily win this tournament, and then like the third guy I would probably take is is Ustazen, but I think he's a little tired, maybe yeah. coming off, you know, the coming off the last few tournaments and how they lost on Sunday. I think yeah. he's a little tired, maybe a little mentally fatigued that they were so close to that victory, and you know they couldn't get it. So um, 
I really like Corey Connors in this spot. Yeah. Uh, I think he's, he's really underrated and I think it won't be, it won't be too long until he's up in that 10 K range um, because just because of his consistency. Yep. So, yeah, I think that's a good point. I think, you know, are we ready to put Corey Connors in that level now, right? That high nine into the low tens. Cause that's where he is. I think last 24 rounds, you look at strokes gain total coming in. He's the hottest player uh, yeah. in this field coming in. It's certainly, I've known who Corey Connors, if you listen to my podcast, I've, I had his coach on last week, Derek Ingram. We talked about Corey yeah. and his development and, um, He's really been someone that I've been watching for a long time. Now the putter's matching up. So we, we see this more rounded player in Corey Connors to go with the ball striking. I would think this course uh, is the one for Scheffler. I, I think this is the first time he's played it, mm-hmm. but this feels like the venue for Scheffler. It really does. Um, you look at the win odds, DraftKings Sportsbook. Um, you know, we talked about JT. He's the favorite uh, right now at uh plus a thousand there's DJ at plus 1100 Connors is third plus 1800, yeah. you know, so he's a header just slightly ahead of Reed and Casey. Uh, but you go down to Scheffler, there he is 30 to one. You know, I, I think Scheffler to me um, is someone that you got to look at to win this tournament. This feels like the perfect course for him. As we look at other names uh, on this list, I'm going to probably pass on Hatton. I know he showed, some signs, yeah. you know, at, at the best ball. Um, I still think he's got a little ways to go just like a DJ at 94. Um, I think Abraham answer certainly trending the right way right now. I always lure, I always worry a little bit about his short game at these particular types of venues um, that kind of value the short game a little bit more. He can get a little scratchy for me around the greens, but I'll give you Sanjay. I think Sanjay, you know, he's like one of those guys that makes me, lose sleep, you know, at night yeah. and, um, he's crazy. He plays crazy golf. I mean, he's, you know, he'll roll off 64. Then all of a sudden he's like looking for his ball the next three holes. Like, yeah. What's he doing? You know, like yeah. what, what happened to him? Um, but I think, you know, his approach game looked better and that's the only thing that's missing. You know, he's good off the tee. He's a great putter. Give me a positive two. And I think at 9,200, he, he certainly deserves some respect in the, in the DraftKings game for sure. How about, how about you? What do you say? I just think, I mean, when is Sunjay going to put it together? Yeah. He'll have a great round, then he'll spray it all over the next round. Um, so I just, I'm just, I've been waiting for him to put it there because um, he has some nice odds every tournament. And a lot of people liked him to win the Masters, actually, mm-hmm. but he just can't put it together. I just, I mean, I don't know what's happening with him, but um, he'll play one great round and he'll just fall apart. Same with Tyrell Hatton, same thing. I mean, the guy has an anger management issue, um, he gets in his own head out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so Tyrell Hatton is not a guy that, you know, I back like in any way, if, if I'm, I'm fading Tyrell Hatton from here on out. So, yeah. Um, you know, and and Su- that, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, and Sungjae is one of those guys that can get the low round of the tournament and then he can get the high round of the tournament <laughs> too. So, um, that's why I am with Sungjae, but yeah, Tyrell is not just not a guy that I'm, I'm ready to support right now because his, it just, he, he gets angry. And then he just lets it ruin the rest of his game. Yeah. No, it's fair. You know, he, he does, he does put his emotions right on his shoulder. And, you know, it wasn't that long ago before he won Arnold Palmer, he was like consistently in that 7,500, 7,600 mm-hmm. range. And like, he was that up and comer. You could kind of see me, he's got all the games and he played in Europe and 
And like he, he won you a lot of money and then, and then he wins API and, you know, he's just kind of hasn't, he had, he had a good run there in Europe, had a win. And then after that, it's been, it's been some real mediocre golf. Um, so at 9,400, I'm probably going to pass, you know, on, on a Terrell hat here, where you know, you, well, you know, you're probably going to be running into some silly bogeys, you know, on this particular yeah, uh. golf course where you can run hot. He missed a cut back in 2019. I think answer is an interesting play. Um, if he, if he really has a very good ball striking week, kind of avoids a short game to lean on that over four days, he was T 16 back in 2018. Uh, I'm a big Neiman fan. You know, I was on him to win in Sony. He finished second. Um, you know, he had a really good start to the season and I think his, played okay you know just not great like we saw earlier in the season i feel like this is another this is a spot for him as well and at 9100 i feel like that's a decent price for a for a yawking neiman um all right so if we go head to head you know i think my favorite player really to this point uh including the 10s and the 11s is is scotty scheffler at 98 so i'll give you scheffler who do you got I'll take Connors at 96. Okay. Um, like I said, he could easily be a $10,000 golfer right now. That's, yeah. that's how hot he's been. So I'll, I'll take Connors. His swing is like beautiful to watch. He makes it look so easy when he swings. Um, so I enjoy watching him and I enjoy betting him. You know, it's about time Canada had an up and coming golfer. So it is. Well, Brooke Henderson won last week on the LPGA tour. So why not go back to back yeah. Canada? You know, we go, yeah. we go, uh, Corey Connors gets his second one Valero last year. I mean, the guys, he's so good. I mean, his ball striking is ridiculous and it always has been really, by the way. I mean, it's always been, I've been yeah. telling people like, Hey, Corey Connors is a top, you know, seven, eight ball striker on tour. And they're like, wait, who'd you say? Yeah. Uh, Corey Connors. Yeah, he, he always gets that great. He always, I always find great value in him for like top yeah. Canadian player. Cause you, you know, you're going up against Adam Hadwin who is just all over the place. And Corey Connors is just so consistent. So, so I get Corey Connors like plus 150 for top Canadian player. It's a, it's just a lock for me every time. Auto bet that. Yeah. So. All right. Let's go back down here to the eights. A couple guys kicking it off here that have played Innisbrook very well. I always find it interesting yeah. to look at players that play the course well, you know, and have a very good history of just, the golf course and then try to match that up to what you would perceive as a model um, going mm -hmm. into it and then seeing how well those match up. Right. And, you know, are, are the way you're seeing it from the strokes gain statistics that you can enter into a model, are they matching up similar to the guys and skill sets that have, have played well here? Yeah. Two guys that have Bubba 8,900 uh, and Justin Rose, you look at the last 24 rounds on this golf course, Justin Rose is number one. Uh, mm -hmm. in playing this course. I think, and I've been saying this for weeks, he's on the right track back with Sean Foley again. Um, and this is a good stretch of golf for Justin. You know, he, yeah. he spends time in the Orlando area. He, he knows this course extremely well. Kokorak is another one, 8,700. There's three guys. I mean, these guys, these three guys know a thing or two about this course. Oh yeah. By the way, Charlie Hoffman, 8,600 playing, Mm -hmm. maybe the best golf of his career right now. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's got no weaknesses. Ryan Palmer, 85, Tringale, 84. Grillo, I love here, 8,300. Chris Kirk, top 20 machine, 8,200. Homa, 81. Kevin Na, 8,000. And then the Gooch, 
um, at 8,000. Where are you going to go here? Give me a, give me a name or two in the eights. I like Jason Kokrak. Like you said, he's, uh, you know, 8,700. His last two tournaments, he's finished second and eighth. Um, so he's totally under the radar. Um, he's got four top tens this season and his course history here. It's a, it's an auto play for me in the, in the eight K range. Yeah. Um, and like, like you said, also Charlie Hoffman too. Um, four top tens on the season. He finished, uh, I think, 18th here in 2019. And like you said, he's playing the maybe the best golf of his career just as far as being consistent. Um, he's playing pretty consistent every week. Um, and in the RBC, he played pretty much four good, four good solid rounds. You know, he didn't really melt down. Um, so I was really impressed with Charlie Hoffman there. I had him top 20 in RBC. Um, Charlie Hoffman, Jason Kolkrak right now, and, you know, Chris Kirk, like you talked about. Yeah, Kirk's just, he's just solid. You know, he just got no weaknesses. He doesn't, this is a good course for Chris, Chris Kirk. I mean, I guess when you have no weaknesses, you can play any course. But um, this is like one of those courses where you, you kind of avoid the big mistakes, the big numbers, because you're not going to go low here. 20 under is not going to win this. Um, yeah. You know, we saw, let's see, Casey. I won mean, VJ Singh still got the course record. So, yeah, uh, I think he, I think he was, I think the course record is like 18 under. I think you're right. Yeah. I mean, Paul, Hadwin, Paul Casey Hadwin, was like 16, I think, when he won. Hadwin was 14, minus 14, 2017. And then uh, Casey won at 10 under than eight. I mean, that's kind of what we're up against here. You know, so this is, you know, this isn't a birdie fest. Yeah. This is make your solid pars, avoid your double bogeys, keep it in front of you, be patient, plot it out. A 68 is a, a, a great score. You know, like that's that's kind of what we're up against on this golf course. And Chris Kirk just feels like that kind of player. Um, yeah, I love Kokrak. I've been pounding the Charlie Hoffman drum for a long time now that this is a guy that's gotten longer, approach game's better, and his putting's better. So that usually, you know, yields good scores. I'm going to pass. I'll, I'll probably fade Bubba because um, that's what yeah. I do. Um, I, I am interested in Rose. I probably will kind of find a lineup or two that has Rose in it. Um, and I'm here for Emiliano Grillo too. I, I, I think at 8,300, I was, Grillo looked about as comfortable with his putter at the RBC that I've seen in a long, long time. And yeah. that is his downfall. We know he's a premier ball striker and he's right there. Like with a Connors, he's like that kind of, maybe not, he's right there, you know, that kind of ball striker, but his putter is always his weakness. I, I'm seeing some slight improvement, even with Grio, um, with the putter at 8,300. And that gets me kind of excited because I could see a Grio almost won at RBC, finish second, mm -hmm. um, go out and just keep this thing going. And why not, you know, a little win there with Grio. He'll certainly be in my lineups at 83. Could you play him? I could, but in that range, I mean, I'm going to go with the guy who's already you know, finished second and eighth there his last two times in Jason Kokrak. So, yeah, um, I could play Grio. I mean, he's been playing a lot better than he was like last season. Um, same with, you know, Justin Rose. I mean, Justin Rose had his worst year last year by far. Um, I faded him all last season. Uh, I know he had some personal stuff going on. That seems to be past that. He's playing some great golf this year. The Masters, I really thought, he did some like uncharacteristic uncharacteristic stuff, mm -hmm. um, like the third and fourth round of the Masters. 
Um, but overall, he's been playing some pretty solid golf. So I like Justin Rose. Yeah. Uh, in, in a price range, like you said, Charlie Hoffman, Jason Kokrak. I mean, Grio, I'll probably stay away from him. But, you know, when you're building the lineup for these eight, eight Ks, you, you really just need to spread around to pretty much bo- both of the guys. Just It just depends on how many lineups you're entering, you know? Right, right. Yeah, there's um, – I'm looking at the odds right now. DraftKings Sportsbook, Hoffman 45 to 1 to win. Grio's 45. Mm-hmm. Um, Kokrak 35. I think I mentioned that Rose is 50 to one. Um, See, that's, that's, that's ridiculous. Rose should be, I mean, he should be the you know best favorite out of all those four. Like that's how can you have real like better odds to win it than, than Justin Rose. So <laughs> it's, it's, true. A little, it's a little messed up to me, but, uh, out of those four, I'd probably take Kokrak, um, and then Rose just to win it for Chris Kirk's at 55 to one. You know, so they're they're saying, look, you know, Chris Kirk's a, you know, a solid DraftKings play, but you know, does he have win equity? He's won four times on the PGA Tour. He's back playing great golf. You would think there might be a win there. Well, who would you pick between non Gooch? You got any any love either way there at both eight thousand? I'd probably go with uh, Gooch because Nas been kind of having a disappointing season. I mean, he was pretty, he got pretty hot last year. Um, he was playing some great golf, like when they returned from COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think this year I kind of expected a little more from him. And I just, I really haven't seen it. Um, so I'd probably go with Gooch in that spot. But um, at the end of the day, I'll probably leave both those guys off. You know? Yeah, I think I will too, because where we're going in the sevens, I like guys in the sevens better than I like not eight who... Yeah you know, had a top 10, let's see, in 2015. Gooch missed the cut in 18 in his appearance. Um, you know, I, you know, Gooch to me has shown some, some really special ball striking tournaments. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. sizzlers with the approach game. I wrote a couple of them down, like the Honda this year. They played well in the final, final round yet, uh, yesterday, you know, so. Yeah. Um, positive 7.6 players, positive 6.8. I mean, those are just sizzling approach statistics, you know? So like you, you see yeah. those and you're like, whoa, you know, that dude matches up anything to that around the green and putting, which he's not bad. You know, he's, he's right there. I would say tour average, you know, you catch a hot putter with those kinds of <laughs> ball striking stats, all of a yeah. sudden Gooch is you know, on the first page. So um, he, He's got that firepower that you have to respect, but I, I think I'll, you know, in the eight thousands, the name that, um, gosh, I, I, I kind of, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to give you Grio. You know, I really am. I, I love Hoffman. I've been on him. I've been picking him. I've been doing well with him. He's going to be in a lot of my lineups, but I really like Grio. I think Grio is, is, I think Grio is coming and I think the putter's getting better. And I think the ball striking's top shelves. Who are you going to give me one out of those eight? I'm going with Kokrak. Okay. Easy, easy, easy decision. The big guy. Kokrak yeah. is such a interesting player to me when I, when I watch him, you know, he's a big dude. Uh, he, he's got great length, you, you know, but he can do the little stuff too. Um, yeah. And uh, he kind of, he, he kind of keeps it in front of him and he's got a great, uh, he's got a great run here. This course, he loves it. I think if you ask, Kokrak, what's one of your favorite courses on tour? I think this would probably be in top five. I bet. I bet you would put it in the top five. 
Well, because he's he probably doesn't have a second and eighth place finish at many other courses. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, I would agree. I would agree. <laughs> so let's move to sevens, and I'll give you. For some, the draft is the most exciting day of the season. For others, it is a chance to build on last year's success. Whether your team has the first pick or the last, DraftKings Sportsbook is bringing the excitement to you. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is adding to the thrill of the draft with a chance to turn $1 into $100 in free bets if a quarterback is drafted first overall Thursday night. Think about that. Turning $1 into $100 in free bets is simple. All you have to do is place a wager on any draft day outcome, and you'll be eligible to win $100 in free bets if a quarterback is selected first overall. Think you know how your team is going to do in this year's draft? Put your money where your mouth is and bet on it with DraftKings Sportsbook. There are a number of ways to take action on the draft, so head to the app now to see what DraftKings Sportsbook is offering for Thursday night main event. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code Travis when you sign up for a chance to turn $1 into $100 in free bets. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook is letting you turn $1 into $100 in free bets. If a quarterback is selected first overall this Thursday night, don't forget, enter code Travis during signup only at DraftKings Sportsbook. There's some names there that I like more than some of those in the low eight. Um, and of course, the sevens always give you a lot to look, think about, right? Sevens and the sixes. And yeah. Um, and we've done pretty well here in DraftKings. I've always felt like we've we've kind of given the, the consumers the value here in these picks. And depending on how top heavy you're going to go, of course, is, is, is going to dictate how much you're going to need, you know, down in here. I always like running that last, you know, 24 rounds. Who's who's showing form coming in, right? Mm-hmm. Like who's who are the players that uh, we need to know about coming in? So you look at the last 24 rounds stroke gain in the 7,000. There's Brandon Grace. I'll just get, I'll just kick some names off here to start with. Yeah. Okay. Brandon Grace, 7,600. Lucas Glover, 77. I was big on him. Um, even the masters, right? Or RBC, RBC. Well, both. Yeah. I was, yeah, I was kind of big on both of them. Danny McCarthy, I think is interesting at 75. Like what Keegan Bradley's doing at 79. Strillman cost me a shit ton of money on Sunday at, uh, at RBC. As I was first in the big game, by the way, after Saturday, just to, just to point that out. I saw that you both, (laughs) those are always, uh, those, you can never celebrate. You can never celebrate early. No, no. Yeah. I just thought I just took the picture and I was like, this may never happen again. Right. This late for me. So I'm like, I'm taking the picture. And that was then this is now after Strillman. You, you wish they had like a ca- early cash out option. <laughs> yeah, right. After Thursday's one thing Saturday, I was like, all right, yeah. I'm sweating this out a little bit. Um, Strillman 78 Hoagie there at 7,000 Vegas 71. These are, the names that are popping up in the sevens. Am I missing any, or do you like any of those that um, if we had to, what I'd like to do here is let's, let's give them three names each. So you give me I got, one. And then I, got three give na- I got three okay. names that you, did, you didn't even mention. Good. So. Let's hear it. Let's um, hear the first one. I like Sam Burns, 7,900. Um, he's got three top tens on this, in this season. Um, his last two times here, he's got 30th and 12th. 
Um, so that's pretty good value for like a 7K player. Yeah. And uh, next I got Zach Johnson at 7,200. I like it, yeah. I mean, ZJ, I mean, solo at 7,200. He's kind of that really consistent, like, ball striking player that you're going to need for a course like this, where he's, like, not going to make too many mistakes. And if he gets that putter rolling, this is a guy that could easily win the tournament if he played great all four rounds. Um, he's got three top tens this season. His last two times here is 24th and 16th. So, like Zach Johnson – and then uh, Ryan Armour, you know, 6,500. He's got one top 10 this year. His last two times here, he's got sixth place and 40th. Um, so that's a pretty big upside for a player that's 6,500. Uh, so Ryan Armour is my third. And also, you said Denny McCarthy. That would be another one. Uh, he got ninth here in 2019. So mm-hmm. that's a pretty good value for, you know, two players with pretty good course history at this, at this place. Yeah, Denny McCarthy can putt. He can really putt on Bermuda. And, um, you know, so often, like you look at guys in this range and so often the, the, uh, the Achilles heel is the putting, right? Like good ball striker, pretty good around the green, but can't hit their ass with the putter. <laughs> right. And that's yeah. why, that's why they are where they are. Denny is like the other way. Like he gives up distance. Um, you know, his approach games. Okay. But his putting is incredible and he's on a heater. I mean, yeah. the dude is on a heater right now. Uh, in the last whew, five events, I mean, he's really showing some stuff here. I think consistent greens now coming down uh, back to Valspar were T, you know, T9 back in 2019. Mm-hmm. And I think he's actually kind of steadily, you know, his ball striking has been improving for the most part as well. So I think he's on a good run. I like Danny McCarthy here at uh, at 75. That would be one. And then I would say, you know, a second name, you know, it's funny to see Gary Woodland this far down, isn't it? Like yeah, that name yeah. at 7,800. I mean, wow, it's, Gary Woodland. Especially when he beat, was it when he won the PGA Championship or was it the U.S. Yeah. Open he won? Yeah. Uh, he just broke my heart. I had a huge uh, to win play and Gary Woodland just broke my heart and won that. And pretty much ever since then, he's just, it's just been like a slow downhill. Um, some changes, some changes for sure. Swing changes um, have taken place. Some injuries have slowed him down. He's making some pretty good, I think, changes right now that um, yeah. is taking a little while to kind of come along. So I just, it's just a name that wow, you know, there he is. Yeah. For some reason, I'm a homer for Keegan Bradley. I don't know why. Uh, That's a guy, Keegan Bradley. I mean, isn't he from Jacksonville? No, he's from, well, he went to St. John's. Um, I don't think, no, Keegan's not from Jacksonville. He's a guy that, like, Keegan Bradley is a guy that I always take to be first round leader because he always, it seems like he comes hot out of the gates so many times. Mm -hmm. So I never want to miss if he shoots a 64 and I didn't have him to be the first round leader. So I'm always on Keegan Bradley for first round leader. He's always an autoplay. Yeah, he's that guy that, you know, he can, as I like to put it, ball strike your face off, right? Like, he's going to hit that little fade off the tee. He's going to hit greens. Mm-hmm. Can he do enough with a putter? I think what's interesting with Keegan is, like a Denny Mc- or, um like we've seen with a Corey Connors and even Emilio Abrio, I think a, a little bit of an uptick in his putting, which has been nice to see. I think he played pretty well in the, in the format in Louisiana as well. So, yeah. I'm going to continue to go with Keegan here. Although you did steal my boy, Sam Burns. I I pretty much run 
the fan club for um, Corey Connors and Sam Burns. Like those are the oh, two yeah. guys that I've been pounding for a long time and saying, look, these guys, and I, and hopefully Burns will, will continue to come back. I think Sam Burns has some, is an interesting win ticket as well. Cause he can go off the tee. He's a good iron player and he can putt. So if he can kind of get his a game, you know, his part that, yeah, his putter kind of let him down like this in the Zurich, I thought, but yeah, yeah, his putter hasn't been great, but he did have, but, but overall, I think he is a good putter. He's kind of, you know, you mm-hmm. get those ebbs and flows. Can he get back to where he was when he almost went out in the West coast? Uh, the third name I'll give you in the sevens is Sam Horsfield. Um, 7,400. He went to, he's a Gator. He went to Florida. Um, he lives in Orlando and he plays in the European tour. He's won twice in the European tour. He finished fourth last week. Uh, I think he's an interesting name as well, Horsefield. And I think that's a name that's not going to get, it's not going to show up in your model because he doesn't play in the tour. Um, but he knows how to play golf in Florida. And, yeah. you know, he's played Copperhead. You know, he's a guy at 74. I could very easily see making the cut in, you know, T20. That'd be awful nice, you know, in the, in the DraftKings game. So those are some names to to consider there. Um, Peter Uline, 73. Eh. Won the Corn Ferry Tour, played good. I think he finished third or fourth at the at the best ball event last week. Uh, Schwartzel, he's won here in 16. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sabatini, he loves this place at 7100. Henrik Stenson loved it. Yeah. He's he's playing. <laughs> Henrik Stenson's playing. I mean, since the Masters, Henrik Stenson's been playing a lot better than he yeah. was. I mean, last. Just he started this season off. What was he terrible? He was like 36 over in his first three rounds back. I think something crazy like that. That was um, at the players. I think you said he was going through like some swing changes or something like that. Um, but this is, uh, he's playing better. I can say that much. Yeah. Um, and he's like, you know, in that seven K range, he's definitely got the most experience out of all of those guys. Him and John. Um, yeah. So Yeah. So, I mean, if you're looking for an experienced lineup, that would be the way to go. But Henry, he's just been so difficult to to bet or anything because you just never know which guy's going to show up. Yeah. Just looking at some other names here. Charles Howell III. Uh, John Huh finished T9 back in 2017. He's at 7,000. Uh, I think Doug Gim's interesting at 73. That dude scares me. I, I was on... I was big on them last week. It panned out. Um, you know, Gim is the definition of a streaky putter. And, yeah. you know, he can go ball striking and he can see him run up with that putter. And then you can see him just, you know, come back yeah. down as well. But I, I kind of like he took me out. Scheffler. Yeah. Scheffler and Gim, that's another. Gim's another name that I could easily throw in there at 7,300. I, I think I'll play him some as well. Gim, Gim, you know, he uh, ruined a few matchups for me in the RBC against Charlie Hoffman. I got lucky with a push, you know, for Charlie Hoffman um, in, in round two. But uh, Gim, he's definitely been playing a lot better lately. Yeah. Um, yep. But, I mean. Then interesting. It's a, there's a lot to think about in the sevens, even more in the sixes. We'll come down to the six. You gave one name already in the sixes, right? Yeah, 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 but yeah, Ryan Armour, sixty-five hundred. I like that. You know, uh, you go back to this model, last twelve rounds coming in. Um, who are some of the hottest players in the sixes? Well, Roger Sloan shows up at sixty-five hundred. Sam Ryder at sixty-seven. Cameron Percy sixty-five. Campos at sixty-four. Vincent Whaley sixty-four. 
I got um, a good one. I got a good one. So there's some there's some names Seifert. there. I'll, I'll give you Chase Seifert at 66. I'll kick us off with that. Who do you got? I'll give you Camilo Villegas, the Jagas at 6,700. Um, he, he's been playing some good golf this year. I mean, three top tens. Um, he's got three top 25 finishes in his last four tournaments. He's been playing, you know, pretty decent. I actually think he was a mm-hmm. first round leader. He was a first round leader at one of the tournaments. I can't, I can't remember what it was, but he's definitely playing a lot better golf this season. I mean, he had some personal stuff, you know, last mm-hmm. season that I'm sure weighed on his mind with his, I think it was his daughter. Um, so he's playing a lot better this year. So, you know, that's the name I'll give you, Camilo Vajegas. That's a name on my list as well. I had Seifert down. Um, I had Viegas down. Uh, Viegas is at 6,700. Yeah. You know, Scott Stallings was T9 here last year. He played good last week. Um, you know, so maybe he's looking to kind of build on that momentum. I think you always got to – I've always done well with the Garnett Bryce Garnett yeah. kind of in this range. Tom Lewis has always done me pretty well in the 6,900 range, but Roger Sloan of all the sixes kind of has shown the most consistent form from a strokes gain total standpoint in the, in the 6,500. So those are some names um, to think about Tom Lewis. I was on Lewis and uh, I'm drawing a blank. The big guy um, at the best ball matcher back in Zurich. I was, I was on them and they played well. I think they had no, uh, Tom Peters, Peters. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. yeah. So Peters and Lewis. It's always intriguing how they pick those teams. You know, it's like, yeah, the better golfers, they want to play with better golfers, you know, and the, the, you know, the seven K six K golfers, they get stuck with uh, the six K golfers. <laughs> you know, so it's always pretty intriguing how they pick those, you know, they pick those those parents but yeah huh. well there was there was some interesting teams i mean like a hoffman watney was like i think mean, you know and, and watney i was looking i mean he 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 did okay and he carried some weight yeah. there a little bit he's obviously been struggling but hoffman certainly the a player um and then there was like the wallace mcdowell wallace was playing great golf mcdowell's been really struggling hey he um, got that hole hey they got the hole in one yeah and he got the hole in one so, yeah, those are some names, I think, in the sixes. You know, it's the, gosh, we could spend the rest of the day going through all of the sevens and sixes. And I always find it just like, here are the key names. Because as I go through it, you're writing them down. And, like, who are the names that are popping up a lot? And I think that recent form is 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 always valuable. But also, yeah. you know, running the model, seeing how they match up to people who have played the course and have that history – and uh, those that have always panned out pretty good down in the six and the seven K range. And so we've touched a lot of guys here and um, hopefully our, our listeners are going to be able to fill their lineups and, uh, and win some money in DraftKings as we uh, finish up here with some late odds, DraftKings Sportsbook, Gary Woodland, 80 to one, Sam Burns, 90 to one to win this thing. Wow. Sam Burns, wasn't that long ago, wasn't that long ago, it felt like he would have been 35 to one. Yeah. Yeah. That's disrespectful. He should be, he should have, he should have better odds to win than Gary Woodman. Um, well, how about this? I mean, here, here's one more name I'll throw at you. You mentioned Zach Johnson. He's 125 to one to win. How about this name? Cameron Davis. And here's, here's a, here's a, a guy that has gotten a ton of respect, you know, in, in gambling. He's 125 to one to win this thing. Yeah. Let's see who else we got. Um, 
Luke Donald too. I mean, that's a good name for six thousand. Um, if you just go on potential, yeah. I mean, he could, I could easily see him having a top twenty finish here. Um, so that's another guy. Um, well, JT's the favorite right now. Dustin's number two, and our boy Connors is number three. Beating the bookie. We'll keep this heater going. Thanks for uh, joining us here on the matchup presented by DraftKings. Thanks for having me on. I look forward to coming on another time. All right, buddy.